0: And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. We're in the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, uh, dealing with the subject of justification by faith. Let's pick it up with verse 1, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justification. Being saved, it's only by faith. It's not by doing certain things or not doing certain other things. It is only by faith. We are justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That right there is the answer to a lot of problems in this world. I truly believe that if a person will accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. It'll solve a lot of nervous disorders, mental disorders. Um, I I believe a lot of the medications that people are taking for these types of things um, would be greatly decreased because the gospel is the answer. When you take the gospel... You have peace with God, and it's only through and by the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said in the sixth verse, for when we were yet without strength. Like I said, justification is only by faith. It's not by doing certain things or not doing other things. We can't do anything to be justified Simply because Paul said here in verse 6, we were without strength. Due to the fall, man is spiritually dead. We simply don't have what it takes uh, to save ourselves. The problem is so severe that even God, who spoke a word and worlds appeared. The problem was so severe that God could not speak a word and solve man's problem. That's how bad the situation is. Uh, Man fell under certain conditions, and in order for man to be redeemed legally, it could only be done under certain conditions. When you look at the fall and all that took place there in the very beginning, it was all because of a lack of faith in what God said, That's the reason the fall took place. God said, when you partake of that tree, thou shalt surely die. Don't touch it. Don't fool with it. And of course, we all know the story, how they partook of the tree. They did not believe what God said. In order for man to be redeemed, man would have to exhibit faith in what God said. Now, God promised a redeemer, um, especially I think it's Genesis 3 and verse 15 is where you'll find it. God promised a redeemer who would come into the world and bruise the head of the serpent. Uh, he said, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent and so forth. I don't have that directly in front of me. Uh, Genesis three fifteen. Okay, that whole system's gone down over there. But anyway, um, that's where you'll find it. God promised a redeemer, but man has to believe that. And history records very few who believed and trusted in what God said. Man lost his dominion. When God created man, he gave him dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the face of the earth. But when man fell, he lost that dominion over to Satan. Man lost it. Only man could gain it back. The problem is a dead man can't do anything. And God said, the day that you eat, you shall surely die. Man's body chemistry was so altered in the fall that every single human being that would ever be born after that would be in that fallen state, would be born spiritually dead. So there's no man that comes from adam that is able to regain that dominion god looking at the situation wanted to get this dominion back into the hands of man but god in the form of god was not able to do that the only way god could do it was to become man that could only happen under certain conditions it took 4000 years from the time of the fall till Jesus was born and the apostle Paul said there in Romans 5 verse 6 the second half of that verse in due time Christ died for the ungodly it took 4000 years for everything to be just right For Christ to come on the scene. And his whole reason and purpose for coming into the world was to die for the ungodly. And every single human being that's ever been born is ungodly. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everything Christ did was for us. He didn't do it for himself. He didn't do it to prove anything. Christ died for us. Now if you look at verse 8. Romans 5 verse 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This verse shows the love of God far above and beyond uh, our understanding and comprehension. If you want to know what love is, all you have to do is look at the cross. There's no greater display of love Than the cross of Christ. Now, in verse 9, the Apostle Paul said, Much more then, now being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Now, when we get into these verses, from verse 1 down through verse 8 and 9, Paul is dealing with the subject of justification. Now he begins a transition into the subject of sanctification. And the phrase, much more than, and we see it there in verse 9, carries the idea that if Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, how much more will God do for us now that we belong to him? Salvation is only the beginning of what God has in store for us. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians two and verse nine, the apostle Paul said, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So salvation is only the beginning. There's a whole lot more that God has in store for us. The phrase, being now justified by His blood, tells us several things. First of all, we're fully justified right now. You're fully saved right now. Justified. Justified never sinned. There's no such thing as a partial justification half justification someone being more justified or more saved than anybody else there's no such thing you're either justified or you're not it's one level you're either on this side of the fence or you're not the one that just got saved a few minutes ago is just as saved as the child of god that's been living for god for years you know and jesus told the the story of a man that got up early one morning he went to the gate of the city and saw some men standing around and he said hey y'all come work in my vineyard and i'll pay you a penny and they all went out there and worked the man went back to the gate of the city around lunchtime and saw some standing around and said hey come on out and and work and i'll give you a penny He went out the last hour today and saw some standing and told them, Come on out and work in my vineyard, and I'll pay you a penny. And when it was all said and done, the man gave every man that had worked in the vineyard a penny. Those who had worked all day, those who had worked from lunchtime on, the one who had worked the last hour, he received a penny just like the one who had worked all day. And those one who had worked, you know, all day said, Hey, this ain't fair. This ain't right. And the man said, go your way. Didn't you agree to work for a penny? Heaven is for everybody who accepts Jesus Christ. And it's not based on how long you live for God, what you do, what you don't do. Salvation is for everybody. It's simple faith. Once you accept Christ as your Savior, you are justified. There's no such thing as someone being more justified than anybody else. Justification is total complete, absolute. It is a finished work within our lives. And uh, there's nothing that you can do to add to that. Now, we do need to work. We do need to work for the Lord because he first loved us. And that's one way that we show the Lord that we love him is by working for him. We'll be rewarded for the works that we do, but those works do not save us. The scripture says, being justified by his blood, take a look at that, by his blood, the blood that he shed on the cross. Peter said that his blood was precious blood in First Peter chapter 1. Verse 18, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or lifestyle, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Peter said we were... Uh, redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. His blood was precious blood. If you go back here in in just a couple of, of weeks, we're going to be looking at the birth of Christ, born of the Virgin Mary. That is so important because if Jesus had been born as a result of natural procreation, Jesus would have had the sin nature. His blood would have been corrupt, just like our blood is. But Peter said it is precious blood. As the Holy Spirit moved upon Mary that night, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit, and she brought forth Christ uh, some nine months later. All right, go back to Romans 5, verse 9. Let's look at the latter half of that verse. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Now, in the Greek, we have what is known as the definite article in front of the word wrath. And so actually it would be the wrath, which speaks of a specific wrath uh, it's talking about the lake of fire. So if you want to read that verse this way, we shall be saved from the wrath, the lake of fire, through him. We can only be saved through him. There is no other way. Um, God, we we learn from that that God does not condemn a person just because they are a sinner. Now, think about that for just a moment. God does not condemn a person because they're a homosexual or because they're a murderer or because they stole something. They're condemned to hell because they rejected Jesus Christ as the atonement for their sin. Verse 10, Romans 5 verse 10. For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. This part of the verse has to do with our initial salvation experience. It tells us that man needs to be reconciled to God, not God being reconciled to man. Man has to be reconciled to God. It was man that did God wrong. God has not done us wrong. I heard a preacher some time ago talking about uh, the, the subject of forgiveness. He said, you know, we need to forgive ourselves. We even need to forgive God. And I'm like, well, now you need to show me that in the Bible because God ain't done, done nothing but good to us. You know, need to forgive God. Yeah, right. Man is an enemy of God. God's not an enemy of man. God loves Man. He loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. Now, because of that, man thinks of God as being his enemy. But God loves us. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The scripture goes on after that. And let me refresh your eyes, your memory as to what it says in verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him. The same words that the apostle Paul used in Romans 5 and verse 9, that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It goes right back to what I said a few minutes ago. God doesn't condemn somebody because they're a sinner. They're condemned because they won't accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And this is the condemnation, John 3 and verse 19. This is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. Christ was and is that light. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Man wants his sin. He'd rather have his sin than God. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Again, man thinks of God as being an enemy because God is opposed to sin. But God loves us. It's like... A parent, you see your child doing something wrong, you know it's going to hurt them, and you say something to them about it, and they think you're against them. Oh, you don't love me anymore because you're, you're, you're saying all these things. No, it ain't because you don't love them. You get on them, and you stay on them, and you keep talking to them about it because you do love them. Just because a parent addresses the issues of a child that don't mean that that parent hates that child it may appear to be that way but it's not you you correct your children because you love them Romans 5 verse 10 for if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more again Paul uses that term much more being reconciled look at that we shall be saved by his life. Whereas the first part of the verse has to do with our initial salvation experience by the death of his son. The second part of this verse has to do with our everyday life and living for God by his life. That's where sanctification comes in. If you will go to Second Corinthians chapter 13. Second Corinthians 13, verse 4. For though he was crucified through weakness, the Lord could have used his power to come down from the cross, but he didn't. I think, I think the Apostle Paul said he could have called a, a, a thousand angels to come down and deliver him, but he didn't do it. Yet he lived by the power of God. He was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. For we also are weak in him. That pertains to our own personal strength and ability. But we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power uh, that resides within our hearts and lives to help us live as we should but that's only as we continue to keep our faith in his finished work that's why paul went on to say there in verse 5 examine yourselves whether you be in the faith the faith always refers to christ and what he did for us at the cross is that the target of your faith He said, prove your own selves. We need to make sure that that's where our faith is at and not other things. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates or rejected. Jesus told the disciples in John 14 verse 19, he said, because I live, you shall live also. Going back to what Paul said in Romans 5. Verse 10, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That has to do with our everyday living for God. Again, Paul uses that phrase, much more, meaning that now that we're reconciled to God, how much more will he help us live the life that we ought to live now? Now that we're reconciled to God, how much more will he help us now? in our everyday life and living. All right, verse 11, Romans 5, verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a direct joy that comes from having a personal relationship with the Lord. The only true joy that a human being can really have is in God. When you consider that all of our sins have now been removed, never to be remembered against us anymore. That is something to be joyful about. We've now been reconciled to God. There should be a constant joy expressed at what the Lord has done for us. If you will, go to 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles. It's right before Second Chronicles. If you go to the book of Revelation, take a left. <laughs> First Chronicles chapter sixteen. I want to look at a passage here. First Chronicles sixteen beginning with verse twenty three. When you found it, say amen. Amen. All right. First Chronicles 16, beginning with verse 23. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. We should be showing others his salvation every day. If all you do is just tell others what the Lord has done for you, that... That would be enough. We need to tell others what the Lord has done for us. Declare his glory among the heathen. His marvelous works among all nations. His marvelous work at the cross was for the heathen, for the ungodly. Guess what? That's us, the heathen, the ungodly. And it's, it was of all nations, of all people, of all the earth. Verse 23, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Our praise should be as great as his sacrifice. Let me say that again. Our praise and worship that goes up before God should be as great as his sacrifice. Let me ask you a question, is it? He also is to be feared above all gods, whether a person is saved or not. There should be a fear of God because we'll all stand before him one day and give an account. Those of us who are saved will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Those who are not saved will stand at the white, great white throne judgment. There should be a fear of God, but we're living in an age where there is no fear of God. People don't even believe that there is a God, but the Bible predicted that this day would come. Look at verse 27. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. The greatest sin of God's people is committed on Sunday mornings when we don't give to the Lord the glory that's due unto His name. Did you hear what I said? When you come in this place and you've got your mind on other things and you don't give the Lord the due glory to his name, that sin, that requires a trip to the altar. Understand what I'm saying. All right. He said there in the latter half of verse 29... Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. If our worship of God is not based on the sacrifice, then it is worship that God will not recognize and accept. That's why he said bring an offering, a sin offering. Bring a lamb and offer it up. That is the only way that God will accept our praise and worship is if it's based on the sacrifice. I'm alarmed today at the number of churches who, that have removed all the songs that have to do with the blood, that have to do with the sacrifice. They say these songs offend people. I'd rather offend people than offend God. Without the sacrifice... There can be no righteousness. There can be no holiness. It says right there in that verse, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. If there's no sacrifice, there is no beauty of holiness because it's his blood that washes us and cleanses us, justifies us, reconciles us unto God. All right, verse 30. Fear before him, all the earth... The world also shall be stable, that it be not moved. Right now, the world is not stable. But in the book of Revelation, the fifth chapter, we see a book held in the right hand of God the Father. That book was sealed with seven seals. And a proclamation was made that day saying, Who is worthy to come and loose the seals and to open the book? And no man was able to come and open that book but the Lord Jesus Christ. And John turned to see this one who was worthy. And it had the appearance of a lamb as if it had been slain. The strange thing about it is this lamb was standing A slain lamb would be laying on the ground, but this slain lamb was standing. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of what Christ did for us at the cross and his resurrection, that gave him the right to go, to take that book out of the right hand of God the Father, to loose those seals and to open it. And when that book is open, it will begin a sequence of events that will bring this world back to a place that God originally created it to be. There will be stability in the earth one day, and that's when Jesus Christ comes back. But the only way that that is going to be possible is because of what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. All right. Verse 31, let the heavens be glad, let the earth rejoice, and let men say among the nations, the Lord reigneth. The day is coming when Christ will come back and set up his kingdom to rule and reign. Verse 32, let the sea roar. And the fullness thereof, let the fields rejoice in all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the wood sing out at the presence of the Lord, because he cometh to judge the earth. The apostle Paul said in Romans 8 verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. But there is coming a day, glory. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to this world, there's coming a day when the whole of creation will rejoice and sing out at the presence of the Lord. And that day is not far off. Verse 34 of First Chronicles 16. "O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And say, ye save us, O God of our salvation. The Lord's mercy is extended to all who will ask him. To save them. And gather us together and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 5 and verse 11 that we should joy in God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Salvation is now. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're saved. By faith in Christ, right now, you're saved. And anyone who can, anyone right now can receive it. And you can know that you're saved right now. It's all by faith. You don't have to worry about it. He said, by whom we have now received the atonement.